Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number 1 in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, "What the f are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass." So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. From the center of the galaxy, this is a Force Center podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsack for another edition of Force Center, the big show, the main show, the superstar destroyer of our fleet and the heart of our love of Star Wars. And today, this show is being released on Valentine's Day, St. Valentine's Day. Whether you believe it's a marketing ploy to get cards sold and flowers and chocolate sold, or you believe it, it's heart. It is about love. The theme is definitely love for the holiday, marketing or not. It's the theme, and we're going to do that here today. We're going to talk about marriage in Star Wars. Now, I'm not married. I don't know if I'll ever be married. I'm not advocating that you all get married, but my co-hosts are two married people. Joseph Scrimshaw, Jennifer Landa, you have a wonderful husband, Jennifer. Joseph, you have a wonderful wife who lets us record. <laughs> That's right. And Star Wars is a big... F- Factors uh, factors greatly into your marriages. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jennifer, your wedding was famously Star Wars. Yes. I have a lot of questions. And Excellent. there's good examples of marriage in Star Wars. And we wanted to dive into that today. So, Joseph, welcome. Oh, I'm very love happy shack. to be here. I'm so happy to be here <laughs> in the love shack. And just for uber clarity, when, yeah. when Ken says that my wife lets us record, mm-hmm. we uh, mostly record in my home. Mm-hmm. And then my lovely wife mm-hmm. uh, sits in the bedroom doing things like taxes. 
yes, while yes. I talk about Star Wars. To clarify, it is it uh, it's just uh, we uh, we invade this base, set up shop for hours, yeah. and your lovely bride is like. You kids have fun. Yeah, and I just tell her, like, hey, we coordinated, and uh, our living room is going to turn into Echo Base on this day. She's like, that's fine. I'll I'll go in the bedroom, and I'll do something productive for our marriage while you talk about Star Wars. Like, this podcast could not happen. Uh, it's an incredibly giving partner. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a, it's a great example. And, and Jennifer, on the other side here. Yes. How, how, I, how I first even knew you existed. Okay. Essentially, it was, well, your channel. And uh-huh. I was like, oh. This, uh, this this girl seems that she's good at talking Star Wars and geek stuff. Oh wow, that's a big Star Wars wedding. Yes, it was. This girl's love of Star Wars runs deep through uh, through her uh, life and relationships. Yeah, my husband and I had a fun Star Wars wedding, and thank you to my husband who watches my daughter so I can come and record. With right, you yeah, that's right. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah, very grateful. Absolutely, for that. I have no responsibilities in life, <laughs> and therefore I just wait around with my gear. So you guys are ready. That is not true. That is not true. True, it's not true. Let's dive right on with examples of marriage in Star Wars. I'm going to list some off, Joseph. Then we can start start this discussion. Yeah. There, there is more. Oddly, not. I don't know. There's more than I would think. You uh, don't yeah. think of it in those uh, yeah. terms. Yeah, when right? I sat down to try to to, to help come up with some here, uh, yeah, I was surprised at as many uh, that we actually have seen on screen. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Baru and Uncle Owen. Yep. Baru and Owen Lars, Baru White Sun. Um, I want to say Klieg and Shmi, but yeah. we don't really get to see that, <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> on screen. Together. We do see the product of their the, yeah. the, their union. Yeah. It, uh, you get the sense that Klieg really loved that woman. Yeah, he loved enough to try rescuing her <laughs> once. 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 <laughs> Anakin and Padme. Um, C-3PO and R2-D2 Han and Leia As we uh, know now And and, uh, it is canon They got married on Endor Right after the Battle of Endor We see them unfortunately at the end When they uh, came together after struggling And life took them apart But there uh, is going to be And and, and there has been already But I'm sure more examples in new canon Of of what life was for them as a married couple Galen and Lyra We just saw the Ursos in Rogue One and if you read the Catalyst novel I think you get a better, bigger, bolder picture of that's what their marriage was. Juicy marriage stuff in that book. Yeah, absolutely. That's, we'll come back to that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Nora and Brenton Wexley snaps mom and dad. Yeah. Nora Wexley, big main character in the Aftermath novels and uh, her driving goal was to rescue or find out what happened to her husband and then she finds out and fortunately the guy's been a prisoner for a long time and uh, he's got some stuff going on in his brain. Don't want to spoil that but that is an example and uh, lest we forget featured in Shattered Empire the comic series that takes place pretty much immediately right after the Battle of Endor. You have Poe Dameron's parents, Lieutenant Shara Bay, his mom, and Sergeant Kess Dameron, his father, who were both in the Rebel Alliance and then fought, did their duty, and retired to Yavin 4, where young Poe grew up. So that is just uh, that's the main examples. There might be some others, too, along the way that we can talk about. Uh, guys, what does a good marriage in Star Wars look like? Oh, this is a tricky one. I feel like there there's some good stories, very realistic portrayals. What is a good marriage? I actually might say Aunt Beru. 
an Uncle Owen. Oh, yeah. You know? Okay. I think it might be one of the better examples that we get to see on screen. Yes. Hmm. Yeah. Take it away. Dive in. Yeah. You guys have a perspective I don't have here. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think one of the biggest perspectives is that marriage is just a relationship that you're in for the long haul, right? Mm. It's not yeah. It's not magic. It's just, mm. this is, let's do this forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Seems big. <laughs> when I was a kid, I thought of marriage as like, oh, wow, it's like a sleepover that never ends. That sounds fun. And then I started dating. It's like, that's terrible. And then when I met my wife, I was like, oh, no, a sleepover that never ends could be fun. Um, but yeah, but we see Aunt Brew and Uncle Owen actually uh, having a communication about a problem. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is what Luke wants and needs. Yes. Mm-hmm. We see them doing just sort of mundane stuff. We see a little bit of a breakdown of the work. It's very traditional work that yeah. uh, Uncle Owen Owen's doing all the all the moisture farming, and, and Owen's doing, or uh, Aunt Brew is doing all of the cutting up of vegetables mm-hmm. in her space cuisine art. <laughs> she has a lot of patience. Yes. Mm. So that's what I think that may, you know somebody has to have patience. And but right. also, uh, Uncle Owen, he is. You can talk to him. You can kind of reason with him a, a little bit. Yeah. He's not. You know. He's not a hothead. He's not stubborn. I would say. Um, and they have a genuine love for each other. Mm-hmm. That's what I got. Yeah. You know? So. Well, especially when you see them young in the prequels. And, and yeah, youth can make it seem all great and passionate. But, yeah, there, there seemed to be some kind of connection and care and concern. And then that final shot is, is you know, them holding the babies. Yeah. Know? And, and that's, yeah. that's interesting. And then, you you know, then the reality sets. And that's almost like the romantic comedy ending. We got a baby in the twin sons. And then <laughs> yeah. just a few years later, you're grizzled and fighting over blue milk. Yeah. <laughs> And a few minutes later after that, uh, even horrible, even yeah. more horrible. Uh, but yeah, but I, I think because, you know, Star Wars are fast moving uh, movies in particular, you mm-hmm. don't get to see a lot of uh, just uh, a couple negotiating an issue. And that's mm-hmm. what's notable about their marriage is Luke mm-hmm. is clearly his father's son. Owen wants to keep pushing back on that. Brew realizes y- y- there's a point where you can't push back on that anymore, and you're just going to have to accept it. So you and I are going to need to work out this next parenting challenge, right? So it's just that tiny sliver into like an actual problem being worked out between a married couple. It's right. So real, yeah. You're, you know? Yeah, you told it was a surprise answer, but now you guys are yeah, you're making a good case for that yeah. being the only real marriage in Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about Anakin and Padme? Mm. What, you, you've been grimacing and growling over there, Jennifer, over I, them. D- I, d- I didn't like their relationship. Okay. I really didn't. It's one of the reasons why I didn't. I'm getting over it. But one of the reasons that problems I had with the prequels is that it, it was very much like, you know, Romeo and Juliet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of like formality. You know, star-crossed lovers. Uh-huh. Yes. But there was no passion. There was no chemistry between the two actors themselves. Mm-hmm. So that's what I, I wrestle with that one. Also... He just, you know, he was abusive at the end. I just don't like it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So you can you can't call their marriage good because their marriage no. is like, yeah, it's possessive and weird. It's the yeah, sort exactly. of it's the ultimate form of possessive of I will kill everyone because I cannot lose you. Yeah. <laughs> so right. so that's a super bad marriage, obviously, uh, mm-hmm. in the big picture. I think there. This is you know one of the blessings of the Clone Wars animated series. That it can go into it a little bit more. There's one episode where it's mostly uh, C3PO and R2 focused, mm. where they get sent out to procure some stuff for Padme because she's having like a formal dinner 
And she needs all of the right fruits and the plates for all of the different people from different parts of the galaxy. And one of the great parts about that episode is Anakin is just hanging around helping. Mm. And it is a great view of them being a little domestic. Mm. Yeah. Which I'm sure there's like firm canon on this, but it does seem weird that like, most of the Jedi probably just have rooms at the temple. Right. And Anakin just seems to go somewhere every night. <laughs> he just sneaks out. Uh, but it does pick, it shows them in a domestic relationship where yeah. this is Padme's job. This is where she is a warrior. Mm-hmm. And Anakin feeling a little like clumsy of like, I wish you had some battle droids whose heads I could cut <laughs> off because I know I need to be here for you as your husband right. and help you prepare for this thing. I right. don't. I, I, there's nothing for me to cut apart, so I don't really know how to help. I, R2 and 3PO can really help you with this, and it is, it's what yeah. it would have been great to see in the movies of a, a little bit more of a, just an actual relationship where you bring some things, I bring some things. You right. need something, I'll yeah. try to help you with that, and vice versa. Yeah, we don't. We just don't see that at all. And uh, you know, the problem with those secret relationships, you know, how would they actually function? You know, I could see it just, you know, you meet up time to time, uh, you know, have some sex, get some kids, and uh, the rest of it is not. You're not a functioning couple because you're yeah. out and about uh, pretending you aren't, and that that probably weighed on it. But yeah, then you're right. The ending and how it goes, it get that gets dark. Ugh, that yeah. is dark. Dark. So yeah, they needed to go to couples counseling. <laughs> Someone else who needed to go to couple couples counseling is Han and Leia. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the charm early on was their battles back and forth and their quips yeah. and, their, and their sass. But then, uh, you know, as we learned in Force Awakens, I thought that was an interesting, realistic take on what might have happened and yeah. how sometimes outside forces, uh, pun intended on the forces, can break apart relationships. Yeah. Uh, that was interesting to me. I loved how they pitched it in Force Awakens that it wasn't necessarily their differences. It was both that they, or, or that they ever stopped loving one another, mm-hmm. but that they both just needed to run away from the situation right, mm. to deal with it. And I really like those lines of dialogue about them both going back to what they do best. Right. Uh, which is, because like, it's nice because it acknowledges we have both always known that this is a marriage of conflicts. Mm-hmm. That we come from different worlds, right. and in order to be together, we have to meet in the middle, kind of outside of our worlds. Right. And then this horrific thing happens, and they, they have to go back to that. I think probably one of my favorite examples of marriage in any of Star Wars mm-hmm. is uh, how Han and Leia's marriage gets talked about in the Bloodline novel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Down to those great details of what they like to eat. Yeah. can be death for Star Wars yeah. to get down to from actual battles <laughs> among planets down to battles about fast food selection. Right. would be death. But the way it's written, <laughs> that Han likes some sort of greasy takeout, mm-hmm. yeah. kicking off his boots and talking about <laughs> like his smelly socks, and he really likes this spicy food that kind of upsets Leia's stomach, <laughs> and it drips everywhere. It's like, that's marriage. Yeah. <laughs> that's an honest marriage between two different people right there, down to those really pedestrian details. <laughs> Yeah. Oh man. I I I watched that scene uh, recently of mm-hmm. when Leia sees Han in the Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. It is so real. I was actually watching it with my dad in the theater 
Mm. And I was, I was like, oh, that's my dad and my mom right there. I mean, they got divorced. <laughs> like, they used to have an amiable relationship. There is some, you know, some right. love there still. But it was so real. And now having read The Princess Diarist, yeah. the look that she gives him, you see all of that mm. from her as both an actor and as the character. And that, yeah. to me, was a very, it's a very realistic, you know, they're very passionate. They have the best, some of the best lines. Yeah. I love you. I know. Oh, you yeah. know, I like nice men or yeah. any, I'm a I'm nice, nice man. Yeah. 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 Um, Whatever it is now. Yeah. I still don't accept that by the way, but it's all right. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. So I just, I mean, we love to watch their relationship. Yeah. You know? Would you guys have been happy if Force Awakens opens up and they're living in a hut and they're all happy and married? Would, would that have changed? Would you have wanted to see that at all on any level? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I kind of expected it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think it was an episode, old episode of Jedi Alliance I was doing, and like everybody in the panel was like, well, of course they're going to be broken up. And I like, as much as I deep dive think about Star Wars, it hadn't even occurred to me. Yeah. Uh, partially because I didn't want Force Awakens, Awakens to reset everything. Mm. And I think they did yeah. a decent amount of resetting, but it, it all served the story well. Right. Um, I almost think like a good marriage is almost, on screen is almost like the Superman or Jedi challenge of like, mm. You know, it, it, it's powerful to be in a in a good functioning relationship. So, how right. do you introduce conflict when right. there's so much power? Superman being right. invulnerable. How yeah. Do you, how do you defeat Superman yeah. on screen? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ask Zack Snyder. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, like for me personally, I I was happy with the choice. It made sense for the story they told. But um, I think coming from you know the EU point of view, where they kind of were just all there, married and happy, and yeah, they might fight, and the kid might be kidnapped, and one of their twins is evil. But it, they were a couple. They were the solos. They were the organa solos. They were they were a team, and it it, it I wouldn't have minded seeing that. Yeah. I no, wouldn't have minded seeing that. Not, I wouldn't have minded yeah. seeing that at all, uh, Jennifer. What you were saying about their expressions back and forth mm-hmm. when they meet, yeah. I had never thought of it this way until the way you were describing it. I think the look on Leia's face, which is a to me a very uh, long term relationship look, is I have eight million thoughts on seeing you again. Yeah. And you know what all of them are, so I don't even need to take the time to say them. Exactly. Like, there's just this huge volume of thoughts and feelings, and like, but you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. God, I love this. Sounds deep and intimate, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to see more Star Wars characters married and married when we first meet them? Is it always about the romantic push? Is it always about the, the courtship? Or would you yeah. rather just see some new characters? We're a team. Yeah, you know? I would like to in the standalone see more married couples. Yeah. Like I feel like the the uh, main movies for now are like we're, I think we're gonna get a romance from mm-hmm. Finn or Poe or Ray or somewhere, mm-hmm. um, and that is fun to go back to that spark of courtship. Sure, and courtship and dating and meeting is different than marriage yeah. by definition. Um, but I would like to see that challenge of what does a really good marriage look like? But these two married people are both drawn into the same conflict and what pressures or strains. Like, you know, in Rogue One, there's no reason that a couple of those characters couldn't have been married. I'm not saying they mm-hmm. should have been, but you look at a story like Rogue One mm-hmm. and, you know, take 
K2SO out. I'm not yeah. saying you should. Nobody yell at me. I'm not saying you should. But just imagine Cassian could have been married to someone. Right. And they're both on this same adventure together. Hmm. Or, yeah. you know, I know people have uh, have theories about Vazir, but they could have just been straight up married. Right, right. Um, it would have been a, a different dynamic and how how uh, a couple takes on the galaxy. Yeah. Yeah, Lyra could have lived. And Galen yeah. and Lyra together could have been forced to make the Death Star and it would have been even more complex. Yes. The Galen Lyra thing. You're reacting, Jennifer, for a good reason. I, I liked their relationship. Although, he worked a lot. You know, yeah. Because yeah. it, 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 it wasn't paper. perfect, it, but it was a, no. a partnership in a way. Yeah. yeah. I mean, not in a way. It was, but it was just how it played out, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that when you have a marriage on screen, there's a shorthand, especially if they've been married for a while, there's a shorthand, like what you're talking about, you just look at the other person, you know what they're thinking, you yeah. know their mm-hmm. quirks. Then there also is like, if there's danger in the galaxy, then mm-hmm. it adds more weight to you know their relationship because what if one of them gets kidnapped or is in trouble or dies? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, Then that changes that storyline. So I think, you know, I or it could even be for comic relief, I think of the Princess Bride with Billy Crystal and uh, Carol, Carol Kane. Kane. How much fun were they as as the older married couple? Yeah, you know, like just I don't know. I think yeah, a little side thing. Well, yeah, maybe if, if Maz Kanata was actually married to a Wookiee. Wouldn't yeah, that be funny. <laughs> her and her, her, and her, her partner <laughs> own uh, own the own the bar. I would yeah. love that. That's that's real. That's you know, mm. we all know oh, these yeah. types of people, couples in our lives. Married to Lumpy. That would have been great. <laughs> yeah, that's a, yeah. I mean, and it's. Now been established at the end of of aftermath that that yet yeah, Chewie's still married. Chewie still is married. So we do we that's another marriage we I guess we, we see is in the holiday Chewbacca special. and Mala. No. Yeah. Yeah. You did not know that Ms. Holiday special, no, right? No, 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 no. no. I mean, the, in oh. Aftermath. Oh, in Aftermath. They, they still address oh, it. Oh, yeah, It's yeah. a thing that hasn't yeah. changed from the EU and is now in new canon. That, mm-hmm. yeah, Chewie's just always like, hey, sorry, got a life debt to Han. Bye, Mala. <laughs> Yeah. That's so. Then the, the holiday yeah. special is canon. Part Mala Tobuk, his wife, is canon. Oh, right. All right. Whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Take it yeah. where I can. <laughs> yeah, you would. Uh, I think Ackman is canon. In yeah. my heart, yeah. she is. Hey, but yeah. Jennifer, that thing that you're saying about getting comedy out of it is a really great point because I think mm. that. Uh, by nature, married people, or you know, a lot of these things that we're saying go also just go for anybody who is together for a long time. Couple, yeah, a yeah, couple, yeah. Uh, long-term couple. You mm. build your own little world, mm-hmm. and then it is always funny when a third person comes in because mm-hmm. every once in a while you forget. Like I'm saying a thing that makes sense in our strange world of two, right, and doesn't make sense outside the world. Mm-hmm. I remembered as we're talking mm-hmm. here. That at the Stanley's Comic Con this year, yeah. the Los Angeles Comic Con, you and me, Ken, and my wife Sarah were walking around looking at things. Yeah. And I got really excited about a Star Wars action figure and used my I'm excited about Star Wars voice that I use with my <laughs> wife in front of Ken and had to oh say, like, gosh. whoops, I used, a, I used my marriage voice in front of Ken. <laughs> yes, that's right. That's right. Oh, my gosh. That, that was great. Yeah. I love those moments. <laughs> I love that funny. stuff. I love that stuff. Um, if we, would, going forward and, and new, like, you might have mentioned Bloodline, and, and that's some of the best stuff of Han and Leia's marriage in there. There's some great stuff. And you could also see the seedlings of why it wasn't going to work as, 
you know, an aftermath too. Han's off doing stuff, and Leia's. Do, you, you started to see the fairy tale unraveling yeah. in a way. Um, but um, you know, famously, there was the courtship of Princess Leia book. Uh, maybe I should say infamously. Yeah. Um, there's a, a lot of that stuff in the old EU. Uh, um, would you ever want to see in the new stuff romance, romantic comedy situations, a story based entirely entirely around love, a shorter book maybe? Yeah, you know, the dating life of Jen Erso. I don't know. <laughs> Absolutely. I think the the new canon is doing such a good job of exploring, uh, of building out a real galaxy. Right. And I think if the standalones are going to continue to be successful, they're going to have to become even more brave about genre because they're going to mm-hmm. need a way to keep them fresh. Right. So if, if we get a Han Solo trilogy, you know, we talk a lot about a horror movie, I think eventually, still going strong like this 10 years from now, it's mm-hmm. not going to be that absurd to say, let's have a romantic comedy. Right. And, hmm. I'm just trying to, what, what romantic comedies are popular nowadays? Right. I mean, I think they fall into, like, really bad tropes. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's where I, because I'm like, okay, so, you know, Bogey and Bacall mm-hmm. were obviously the inspiration mm-hmm. for Han and Leia. So going forward, I mean, the only thing I can think of is, like, you know, Sleepless in Seattle and those type of Nora right. Efron-type mm-hmm. romantic yeah. comedies. But what is popular nowadays? Because I'm not really a big fan of well, Star Wars, comedies. actually. Star yeah, Wars, just, all yeah. these little snippets. Yeah, no. yeah. They're all, there's almost too realistic. I mean, La La Land is... Okay, yeah. Oh, fantasized as it was in a musical, it, it's got a darker tone to the end, you know, I think. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah, you're, you're right. It's the era of Katherine Heigl rom-coms is, yes. is gone. Yes, yeah. I am using the term romantic comedy very dangerously, dangerously. Oh, very irresponsibly. Okay. Uh, okay. You are a scoundrel. <laughs> <laughs> I think your, your bogey and Bacall thing is like, I think a romantic comedy that is uh, structured around an adventure or a mission. So oh, uh, like like the old Thin Man movies gotcha. or something where our, our adventure is uh, a married couple. So, uh, you know, I'll again use the example of Rogue One just because we can all think it. If it's, mm-hmm. Is there's, you know, many Bothans died. Maybe it's <laughs> two married Bothans. Right, right. On right, an adventure. Yes. And there is, there is stakes and there is danger and there's excitement. There's all the things that make Star Wars Star Wars. There's exotic bars they have to go to. But the whole time they're also working through mm-hmm. a relationship. <gasps> you right. know what I would love? Like a Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Yeah. yeah. Except with Star Wars. That yeah. would be exciting. Mm, like two bounty hunters? Exactly. Yeah. Two bounty hunters. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mr. and Mrs. Antilles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Or Ara Singh and uh, Dengar. Ooh. <laughs> Finally find oh. some love. Yeah, I think that's sort of like the Star Wars version of Fifty Shades. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Let me ask you, we, Joseph, we've done shows uh, on this network and other others about uh, the romance in Star yeah. Wars which is important and how maybe Force Awakens didn't have that sweeping romance. Rogue One certainly doesn't. I don't think Rogue One needed it. I'm happy that Jin and Cassian don't turn to each other at one point and be like, I love you. Like, I'm glad yeah. we don't have that. Um, but I want to ask both of you uh, as we s- still talk about this in the Star Wars galaxy. Let's say Rey. Yes. Mm-hmm. Let's say Rey at some point in 8 on her adventures learning meet somebody that she's swept up with. And that factors into the story. Would it, would it take away from the character? Do you want that? Because race become very important, um, and and the fact that she's a strong female character. Would you want to see that added in? Though that's realistic to what a you know yeah. a female character would want. I mean, a human or humanoid in the galaxy. Yeah. But would it would it distract in these movies eight and nine? Jennifer, the story would have to be really good. 
it would have to and it would have to be believable and not like it was shoehorned in right. so I don't know I might be too tough of a task I, I, I agree I can see maybe like Finn having mm-hmm. some sort of relationship that I would buy a little bit more Ray because she is kind of like closed off she's a survivor mm-hmm. so um, I don't who is she going to fall in love with mm-hmm. it's tricky mm-hmm. yeah I mean I see it as much more of a narrative challenge to fit in rather than anything that would undermine her character mm-hmm. I like that her character is somebody who has been incredibly driven by wanting to find people again mm-hmm. wanting to reconnect with her family so seeing the character come out of uh, having to be alone to really wanting people mm-hmm. and feeling uh, comfortable enough to become like, I can be a fighter, I can defend myself, and I can also really, really let people in. Right. There's, n- there's no element of romance, but that in some ways that is the story of Force Awakens, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. she makes this connection with Finn, and then you know Ma's telling her, like, well, the connection you're seeing, you're seeking is away from Jakku and mm. with Luke. Mm. So to me, if there's room for it, I think, yeah, it would really complete uh, her character. Mm. That From that deep point of view, that makes sense. Yeah, that that, that makes sense. I, I, I think the danger would be, you know, like maybe on Jennifer and I thought of like, I could really sidetrack this big epic yeah. character because again Luke didn't have that and right. that played out until Mara Jade shows up later on where no Luke was the, the guy focused uh, focused on this big large goal that's about saving the galaxy yeah um, but but breaking it down on a real real level yeah the scavenger alone who you know when Finn says you got a boyfriend cool boyfriend or, you know she's <laughs> like none of your business yeah. you know but I, I gotta think at some point she walked into a Jakku bar and had a drink with a young suitor like oh, yeah. I, I, I can see that you know so so yeah so it, it fits in with the way you're saying it but it might be hard in this big blockbuster style yeah to absolutely really to make room for it and especially if her story ends up being a whether Luke is her father or not a you know father daughter relationship a mentor trainee relationship and then if depending on where they go with her Jedi story if it is a story of her fighting the dark side or mm-hmm. being too violent in order to protect her friends then we're kind of right back in repeating the Anakin story of mm-hmm the risk of attachments and I don't want any of that right so I think it will be hard to make room for it right. okay okay so that's that's marriage and, and long term love in the Star Wars galaxy but I want to talk about it in the real world <laughs> with my two married friends here who as I said up top on the beginning of the show which by the way I buried the lead this is the 50th episode of Force Center. We've been around now 50 episodes. That's a good good on you two for sticking along. We are all, right. all three of us are podcast married now. That's right. After 50 episodes. Right. This that is law. It holds up in the court of law. Um, so, and, and thank you to all of you out there for letting us do this now for coming up on a year here. For, or 50, it's been longer, but uh, the main show, 50 episodes. So, hey, um, uh, you guys and i don't want to break this down into you know i'm the i'm the single dude with star wars toys but (laughs) blah 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 but star wars liking star wars to the level that we three do is bigger and now because we talk about it into microphones professionally or or as a serious hobby however you want to look at it um it's it's not just I like pasta, I watch Friends, and I like race car driving. Like, it is, <laughs> it is part of our life. Yes. So it would, would make sense that it has to be, in some way, 
part of a marriage. Yeah. Mm. Joseph? Yeah, is a, uh, I think, a big part of our marriage now, certainly because there's just Mm -hmm. so much uh, going on. I've watched a lot more stuff, Star Wars stuff, with Sarah. But when we first started dating, I had been in another long-term relationship, and Mm. uh, the person I was in that relationship with, who is great, and we're friends now, and all that, she really tried to understand Star Wars. She really tried to understand Mm. why I wanted them all over the home that we lived in together. (laughs) But it was a little bit of a a push-pull. And Mm -hmm. sometimes uh, she would utterly embrace it. Yeah. And be like, ah, I know you had a hard day, so I bought you a, a Star Wars toy. Right. Like, really nice things like that. And other times it'd be like, could you take a few of these down? Like, <laughs> you know, like, it's not my whole life. And, you know, she she yeah. went to uh, some of the Star Wars movies with mm-hmm. me and tried. Um, so then uh, when Sarah and I started dating, she came with me to uh, Revenge of the Sith mm-hmm. the second time I saw it. Okay. Um, I was reading the Revenge of the Sith novelization. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, can I tell you some cool stuff about <laughs> lightsaber forms? And she's like, sure. So, like, from the get-go, there was a mm-hmm. real acceptance of, like, oh, this is a big part of your life. I liked mm-hmm. it casually as a kid, mm-hmm. um, like everybody else did, but I'm really interested in learning more. Mm. And that's because... Um like I've seen when we saw Rogue One together, yeah, and, and, and um, yeah, she's not just supportive for being supportive; she's interested in everything like that. But but there's never she was never to your level, so so you didn't find a fellow Star Wars geek. You found someone who was like, again, yeah, yeah, I watched it, yeah, but I'm interested in what you have invested into this, yeah, and, and she she got behind that, yeah, mm-hmm. and has become more and more invested over time, for sure. sure. And and here's your Star Wars excitement voice at conventions. <laughs> exactly. Often. <laughs> Often. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey everyone, I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Now, Jennifer. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine uh, you having a successful marriage if the guy was like a Star Wars what now wedding? Uh, yeah, no, no. I mean, he's he is a fan. He's not a, a mega fan like mm-hmm. myself. Uh, but you know, he's the one that had the vintage action figures sure. and uh, you know collection. He was a big fan as a kid. Um, I think now because with all the movies and shows and yeah. everything. <laughs> It's a lot, so I don't <laughs> always share the latest Snoke theory with him. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a little bit too much. Although sometimes he'll surprise me and be like, hey, what do you think about the whole notion of, you know, Luke's hand being really... I'm like, what? We're okay. Um, so, but he's very supportive. Yeah. Very supportive. And what I've appreciated when he he agreed, you know, of course we're going to have a Star Wars wedding. But sure. it was actually him and my mom. My mom was a little bit more aggressive about it, but it was like, <laughs> you know, it, this is a fun thing, but let's try and incorporate it in a way that Everyone can enjoy it. Sure. You don't have to be a Star Wars geek to to have fun at our wedding. This isn't the Star Wars wedding out front of the Attack of the Clones line from Triumph, yeah. uh, which, by the way, oh I watched again recently it's so over good. and over and over. Yeah, so th- this was, an, and not that those persons, uh, those folks' love wasn't legit in that video, but yeah, it was... A traditional wedding, so to speak, with stormtrooper costumes. I mean, right. I'm, I'm paraphrasing jokingly here, but yeah, I get it. Yeah, and I think that's what I appreciate is having that balance mm-hmm. of you know him. He gets into it too, right. but he also reminds me, you know, there there's other things in the world going on. <laughs> uh, so don't get too wrapped up in it. Um, obviously, we recorded Joseph's house, and it's uh, it's a, a Los Angeles Hollywood apartment, and and uh, there's not you know I'm looking around, you st- got stuff displayed, Joseph. So you don't have Star Wars art on every corner. You don't have, you know, no. this or that. Now, uh, Jennifer, I, I haven't been to your house, but um, every video I see, there's a Jabba throw pillow. There's a lot of things there. My husband built a coffee table, uh-huh. which I'm so still good. working on. And in, it's a shadow box coffee table. And inside is Jabba, a Jabba action figure, and some people from the palace. I'm trying to create a diorama inside the coffee table. Nice. He built that for me. I feel terrible that I have not been able to fulfill my end of the bargain. Well, because you, you've been busy reading the Star Wars books that Joseph and I demand you read. <laughs> That's yes, right. Yeah. Constantly. We, we do have art, and he's been really supportive. And, and we'd like to do it in a way that's kind of like, oh, you wouldn't notice that that's a, you know... Uh, Star Destroyer in the shape of a pizza or, you know, things like that. <laughs> Little nods. Could, could you, did you, did you have situations in the past where like, this ain't working either of you, this ain't working because you don't like the Star Wars. Uh, you mean in relationships? In relationships. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. 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 Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Now that you, oh yeah. <laughs> You're both rolling back horrible memories. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Some, some guy I dated, mm-hmm. he was like, and I have been called a dork many times throughout my life, but the way he said it was like, you're a real dork. Oh. Like capital D. Yeah. Underlined. Yeah. And I was like so offended. He just said it with such disdain. Yeah. And that was when I was like, this is not going to work, buddy. Yeah. Not yeah. going to work. Yeah. I always, I had some amount of success of playing off the great love of Star Wars and, you know, Doctor Who and superheroes and all of it, uh, 
as like a charming, it's charming that I was odd. <laughs> and I remember in particular, there was a girl that I really liked and she, she almost just sort of blinked at me. Like I was speaking another language when I would try my, uh, I'm, it's, I'm going to make a joke out of how much I like this mm-hmm. and it'll be charming. Cause it's, it's so funny that I know so much. It's a little joke. And like, uh, this was in the late nineties mm-hmm. and I could not, uh, contain my excitement once again at, mm-hmm. at toys it was, I can't remember what game it was, but it came with an action figure of Luke with wet hair after the Diet Noga attack. <laughs> came with like Vader. Yeah. And this is oh, wow. pretty early in the Power of the Force run, so yeah. seeing those really weirdly specific action figures was exciting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was yeah. like, oh, yeah, yeah. I got to share that. That's the, uh, that's Luke. His hair's wet, you know, from the Diet Noga. And she was just, not even in a judgy way, not in a mean way. It's just like, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> She's sort of like, yeah, there's no, I'm not going to be able to parlay this into, this is charming and quirky that I know yeah. so damn much. Yeah, mm. yeah. And again, it's not that every successful relationship and marriage has to have everything the same. In fact, it shouldn't be. But again, this is so huge. I, I uh, am forever in awe of you two being able to find this balance between realistic love, realistic <laughs> frozen pizza dinners, uh, realistic child raising, and uh, a continued growth love in this time of Star Wars. It's impressive. Mm. You guys are doing good. Thanks. And your, your, your partners, even better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you, this is a question you can answer, too, the one you posed to us about how Star Wars has affected your dating relationships. Have you found relationships where people love Star Wars? Have you had disastrous ones where you feel like you have to hide your love away? <laughs> um, there has... The... the, 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 the Relationship I had about ten years ago. Now it's so interesting. Uh, uh, she hated it. Hated Star Wars. Hated oh, Star no. Wars. Okay. Hated Star Wars. And I always seem to find myself in situations where uh, I'm like, "Hey, I like the Beatles. I hate the Beatles." Okay, we'll listen to the Doors. <laughs> um, so it was like, "I like Star Wars," and her, her and her father would make fun of me. Really? Wow, just full out mock. Sweeting, oh, no. sweet. No, full on mock. Yeah, you're right. Okay. <laughs> Towards the very end of our relationship, she's like, I'd like to watch those Star Wars pictures. I was like, okay. I think I'm saying she, well, yeah, she's that phrase because it was a joke I would say. Like, you want to watch that motion picture? So we did. We put in the, all three, and I think she watched Jedi on, Jedi on her own because she couldn't wait for me. Oh, she was nice. too excited. Um, she's now a huge Star Wars fan. You're oh. And she's married with a kid and, and all that kind of stuff. And shortly, I remember after we, we ended our relationship, her, the first Halloween after, she dressed as Padme from Attack of the Clones, midriff and all. And I was like, saw the picture on, on probably MySpace and was like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. No. I hope that guy gets to enjoy that fun. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, other than that, and then the one right after that, it was like a, it was a, 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 a muted attempt. Right. I don't understand your space operas, but I will try. Mm. Um, and then quickly realized, I was like, I'm not going to force this poor woman to try anymore. I think that is the real-life version of I love you, I know, is to say, I love Star Wars, and the other person says, I'll try. Yeah. <laughs> right. Not always. I mean, yeah. there's, so, there's so many people who love Star Wars now, but I think mm. uh, as much as, obviously, when, when Ken and I were growing up, there were people like you yeah. who loved Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, but there so many times where it, was, it didn't seem that way to to yes. dudes growing up because we couldn't find one another. And I don't know if it's just like the internet mm, or yeah. not asking questions or not 
trusting that if you asked uh-huh. a woman, she might go like, yeah, I love yeah. Star Wars. But that was definitely yeah. a factor. Yeah, we, I mean, I, we talked time and time again. Yeah, we, the, the, the dark days of the 80s, it was, I just did not know a girl who liked Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean that they didn't exist. So I didn't grow up thinking that was possible. Yeah. Unfortunately, but now I know. <laughs> yeah, but what about if you were to find a girl that knows as much as you do, as loves Star Wars as much as you do? Would it be almost too much? No, 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 no. no. Um, uh, there's someone in my life who, uh, when we first really started getting uh, close, we're, we're not in a romantic relationship. One of the first nights we we were up late for about three hours arguing over Chewie having no uh, no real character himself. His only characteristic is he's loyal. <laughs> that was her stance. And I was like, how. It's Chewbacca. Um, no, 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 no. Um, yeah, I would like to, uh, it'd be nice. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it also seemed to be key, if you've seen my room, um, because the Funko Pops aren't stopping. So <laughs> I think I Funko Pops keep popping, keep popping, keep yeah. popping, keep popping. So yeah, no, I, I, I yeah, I, I, I crave that. Mm. For yeah. one of the things I love, I don't need you, again, I don't need you to love every, I'm a pop culture freak. Grew up that way. I don't need you to love all the music I loved. I don't need you to like pro wrestling like I do because I was in the business. I, I, you know, that's that's a weird one too. When you when you have to unveil the oh by the way, I don't just watch pro wrestling. I live that life. Yeah, <laughs> like, I go to shows because I run them. Like I'm wow. in the ring. Like you're gonna have to accept it in some level, but I don't force anyone to accept that. Yeah. Star Wars though, it's a little bit more prevalent. Yeah. yeah, I do think that they're in successful long-term relationships. That even if people don't love a thing, they will come to love that you love it, or know mm-hmm. that it is just a source for happiness for you. Because mm-hmm. I think uh-huh. long-term relationships can be a lot about like the world is challenging. Let us get through this adventure together. Right. So you come to just have an affinity for anything that makes your partner happy. And Sarah mm-hmm. really, really does like Star Wars herself. And, you know, if I suddenly became one with the Force, she would continue going to Star Wars movies. She would continue to buy things. She would probably read some theories online and, you know, pick her favorite thing. Yeah. But I know also that it does give her joy to help me have joy. Like yeah. When I was in Vienna recently, I didn't ask her to be sure to make one of the first places you stop to do tourism in Vienna is a toy shop to see what action figures, but she just did that for her own joy. But I think also just to be a good supportive partner of like, this is just like this token of a thing that is happiness to you. Right. Right. And so I will, shall bring it to you. Oh, that's great. Mm, Yes. That supportiveness. And like my husband will, you know, ask me questions like, okay, so, so why is this or why is that? And we get into it and he gets excited to see me get excited. And I think that that's what, that's what it's all about. A successful relationship relationship sharing each other's joys best valentine's day show ever guys (laughs) final questions here then we'll go to some audience questions i want to group them together to you guys here what star wars character would be a good officiant of a wedding uh maybe yours and if we lived in the star wars galaxy it's a shame we don't what character would you marry These are good yeah. questions. Jennifer? Well. You, you reacted fast there. You, I did. I think you even pumped your fist. I, you know what? Initially, I'm like, of course I want Maz Kanata to be the official. Oh, she be hilarious. That's, cool. that's great. She offers some great wisdom Ooh. on love and relationships. But then I was like, if you're going to have, if you're the type of person that wants to have a princess wedding or whatever, like a you know, big, extravagant wedding in, right. in a church, 
Mon Mothma. Oh. Uh, I mean, she would elevate, she would do like a royal wedding. Right. That's a great Right, one. yeah, she would bring a sense of ceremony, oh, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. She's good at playing the crowd. You mm-hmm. like making people happy, making people sad. Yeah. 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 I, you know, when we when we play these games of which Star Wars character would you, we sometimes don't go to the, the big characters, the classics. Mm-hmm. And when I thought about this, I thought uh, Luke Skywalker. Oh, yeah. To officiate uh, yeah. your wedding? Yeah, yeah, that's a great choice. Yeah. Because you want someone who who does have a sense of uh, uh, status, being regal, uh, official, um, but also somebody who has a sense of fun and a sense of whimsy, mm. but mm-hmm. is not going to take over the wedding. Oh, yeah. Cool. Like... Han is going to accidentally make it about himself, even if he means well. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, so many, Yoda, you won't understand what he's saying. You'll be saying, do I, instead of I do. And it'll sound like it's a question and be a disaster. There'll be confusion. Yeah. Luke, you know, as I say at the end of every episode of Data Bank Brawl, I care. Yeah. He legitimately cares. He wants to see other people happy. But he, yeah. so he's, he's a mix of serious and mix of fun. It's a great efficient. It's a great answer. And and uh, who, who would you marry? Oh, my God. Uh, well, I want you to answer the efficient Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Um, I was trying to... Mothma and Skywalker, Luke, are great answers. Um, I'd love to find a way to make Admiral Raddus do it, but <laughs> that might be who you just want at the open bar after yeah. the ceremony. <laughs> right. um, there's something to be said for Qui-Gon Jinn. Oh, yeah. But also Obi-Wan... Still in the desert. Mm. <laughs> oh yeah, like, yeah. Like kind of around that campfire. That'd like he could spin some yarns. He probably tell a bad joke. Yeah. Um. And 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 but able to know his place as well. That's very key. As you guys yeah. know from you know having a wedding officiated and and uh, you know when I officiated a wedding this past year, I was like, I don't want to. I can't overshadow these two. You nope. can't. So Hans, you know, and that, that goes to Radis too. Radis would just be like, oh, remember when I took off. <laughs> To fight everybody. Um, <laughs> so I think uh, that that might be good. Um, I was going to say Boss Nass. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. But you know what? You know who might be good, too, is uh, is is maybe uh, maybe Wicket. Wicket. Really? Wicket. Yeah. Oh. Wicket's what? a good buddy. Oh, yeah, that's As long true. as you get the translation thing out of the way. <laughs> yeah. See, Wicked is a, up there. a, a bestie walk. <laughs> bestie yeah, walk. Or like the... Fl- uh, ring bearer? Ring bearer, thank you. Yeah, ring bearer. Who, who, um, uh, maybe that was a reach. Who bore your rings who, uh, at your Star Wars wedding? Uh, we had uh, my, my cousins, actually. They're, they're sisters, and mm. they came down. As and were they dressed as any? As mini Leia's. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, I wanted to say Kanan, too, but I think he's too serious. Yep. It's too serious. For sure. Yeah. yeah he, he needs a long-winded speech. He needs to lighten up a little bit. Yeah. 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 Maybe old Kanan. Old Kanan. Drunky, yeah. drinky Kanan. <laughs> Should he live <laughs> might be. that long? Might be. Uh, uh, all right. So who would you marry? Oh, yeah. You know, I think uh, I, from, I will start from the perspective of uh, being heteronormative because I'm mm-hmm. a straight guy and just think about uh, women. Mm-hmm. I think of all of these characters that we have discussed, the woman who is actually the most compatible with me was probably Lyra. Uh, okay. They do such a great uh, description in Catalyst mm-hmm. of her being very understanding that Galen sometimes is in the middle of talking to her mm-hmm. and then just stares off into space <laughs> because he's thinking about his own stuff. Uh, and I would want to marry someone who is like Lyra, who's adventurous sure. and uh, uh, has her own thing, but is also really understanding of me having my own thing. 
So that, that, that would, that's my straightforward answer. And my mm-hmm. just marry anyone, mm-hmm. maybe Poe Dameron. That makes sense. Yeah. Cool. He's willing to, willing to share clothing. Yep. <laughs> Super supportive. Yeah. What more could you want? Be in your corner to the end. Yep. Wow, that's a good one. Jennifer? Well, Luke Skywalker, of course. Yes. <laughs> of course. I mean. Man, it's great for Luke. Yeah. Finally. He just, he thinks, he finds the good in people, I believe, mm-hmm. you know, and that's that's how my uh, husband is. He always sure. will be like, you know, maybe that person was having a hard day or, mm. you know, I'm like, ah, I just want to be mad. Uh, but he's, <laughs> yeah, so he, of course, Luke Skywalker. But I love the Poe Dameron. Poe Dameron's a hero, too. Yeah. You know, he's a different type of hero. You'd always be proud. Not with you wouldn't with these other characters, but you'd mm-hmm. always be proud to say, I am married to Poe Dameron. Yeah. And people would always be like, damn. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. If I'm in the Star Wars galaxy, now being realistic, and it's me in the galaxy, not some character. Yeah. <laughs> I'd probably try really hard to marry Jyn Erso. Yes. She would Aww. break my heart in the end Aww. because she just kind of doesn't have time for love, doesn't care about it, has some needs. Those needs get met. She moves on. She's got, you know, things to do. She's got to go punch somebody and maybe at the end save the galaxy. And I'd be in the corner like, oh, that was fun. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah, I think that's gin all around. (laughs) I'd like to say I wish it was uh, even if someone as regal and and elegant as Mon Mothma. Yeah. Respectful as Mon Mothma. Or, or, you know, I'd love to track track down, uh, you know, even even Padme Amidala. You know, that was a young go-getter. With great purpose in the galaxy. Nah, it'd be it'd be Jen. <laughs> Break your heart. Oh. But good answers all around, guys. Thank you for opening up to about your loves. You both, you Joseph, Jennifer. I work with you so much, but uh, I am in awe of uh, how you pack in a full life and ta- uh, and get to talk about Star Wars. Still, um, it is it is uh, great, and uh, you guys are awesome for opening up and sharing about uh, how Star Wars is in your real world relationships. And out there, you can tell us uh, at the Hashtag Force Center. Who you would want to officiate your wedding in the Star Wars galaxy? What character would you want to marry? We'll see what those answers are. You can also put that on our Facebook page. Joseph, in honor of our 50th episode here, we have got uh, some great questions from our fans. Let's get into it. Yeah, yeah. So we have a couple of kind of normal ones and some some meteor ones uh, in celebration of our 50th episode. Uh, our first one comes from Twitter. It is from Chris Lilly at Chris Lilly 9 And uh, Chris asks, when Han says traveling through hyperspace ain't like Dustin Crops boy, is he just unaware that Luke is a moisture farmer? Hmm. This is one that I have noticed for a long time. Mm-hmm. Rewatching A New Hope recently, mm-hmm. there are so many little things in there where it's clear that the uh, the Star Wars language hasn't cemented. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the droids get called robots. Right. Uh, a couple other examples that I, that I, uh, I think uh, gun gets used instead of blaster. Yes. And things that would not happen now. And Dustin Crops is like, yeah, that's a clearly a real world farming. Right. So, yeah, what do you guys think on that? Uh, I always interpret it as just kind of a Han Solo flippant insult yeah. to the farm boy he just met. He didn't give a damn what he did. He probably knew he was a moisture yeah. farmer. You'd have to think Solo would know what goes on there. But just kind of like, yeah, whatever. You're in your T-16 Skyhopper, Dustin Crops kid. Get out of my cockpit. That's what I yeah. took it as always. Exactly. He does not care whatever he's going to say he's just going to yeah generalize yeah Mm -hmm. yeah I think that's totally the motivation I do want to see a special edition where they change it to be 
accurate to <laughs> the actual farming. And he says, flying through hyperspace ain't like sucking moisture through evaporator. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it would I disturb like it. people. I Great question, that. Chris. Uh, mm-hmm. Next question comes from Joe Kogelman, Kogelman, uh, and that is from Facebook. And Joe asks, the Rogue One visual guide says Anakin's birthplace is unknown and he was raised on Tatooine. Is this significant, do you think? I always thought he was born there on Tatooine. Is this, uh, you guys both have the Rogue One visual guide, right? I do, I do, do, and I don't remember that. I never, I just always, I don't know about you, Jennifer, I, I always just thought it was Tatooine. Yeah. I never questioned it. And you know what I didn't, Joe, great pull. I didn't I didn't pick that up in the visual guide, even though I've read it a couple times. I love the little details they've got in there. I've always just assumed Tatooine, that, that Shmi was there, but right. yeah. it seems like they're rather intentionally leaving it open. That is curious. Hmm. I don't, that's not an accident. No. Oh, I don't yeah. think Something they do. Yeah. They're, maybe they're planting the seed for later on. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Well, I love that they took the time to clarify uh, to clarify the mystery, as it were. Yeah. Right. Say that the birthplace is unknown and just uh, uh, leave us something else to debate. And also just to get real excited about, since that is such a, you know, mm-hmm. it hints at finally getting some maybe in-canon thoughts about yeah. who exactly created Anakin. Was it? Mm-hmm. Darth Plagueis was it Darth Sidious does it right. does the location matter also hints at maybe the possibility of some more adventures for Shmi Skywalker yeah that this is a recent condition that oh. she was purchased by Gardula the Hutt yeah and sold to yeah Watto. yeah you're absolutely yeah so I'd absolutely. love to see some adventures of Shmi Adventures of Shmi, indeed. That, but yeah, that, yeah, Joe, that's a great poll. That's a great poll because that seems point. important. And we will move on then to uh, one of our meteor uh, questions. This comes from Facebook from uh, Stefan Kruger, who says uh, he gives a little bit of backstory, which I like it sometimes when you guys give a little bit of your own personal story that uh, leads up to a question. And he says, I love playing the X-Wing miniatures game from Fantasy Flight Games. It reignited my love for Star Wars back in 2013 because it reminded me that Star Wars is more than just lightsabers and it's more of a conflict uh, fought by ordinary people. Do you play Star Wars board games? If so, did you have a similar experience where you thought, this is Star Wars while playing a game? And if you don't play board games, uh, maybe a similar experience with a video game, a moment like that. So, uh, I've never really asked you guys. I don't think, knowing your jam-packed lives that you're playing board games 24 7 and have just bothered <laughs> haven't bothered to tell me that for the all these all this time no. uh jennifer are you a gamer of board games or video games no not not of board games although i'd love i'd love to try i think that'd be a lot mm-hmm. of fun video games certainly i mean yeah i think of the shadows of the empire game that i loved how much fun that was um uh, what about you ken i don't play uh, star wars board games i i, I know people that do our friend Emma Fife and, and Hector Navarro play one right now on camera for Geek and Sundry, I believe. That's a, yeah, that's a, uh, an RPG. So yeah, even, an RPG. even different category. Different category. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Excuse me, excuse me. Um, I played Star Wars Monopoly. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> I did game. actually. I own, yeah. I own that still. But for me, it would go. It would go to video games. And um, you know what's funny? You mentioned Shadows of the Empire. Um, be, why that game was so good was that opening Haas sequence, which was frustrating in its own way. Yeah. That was one of the first times I felt quote I'm in Star Wars. Yeah. Like, this is this is great. Exactly. Um, I mean, I I remember playing the arcade game when it was still like in arcades, not <laughs> not for nostalgia purposes, but <laughs> there. Um, and that kind of and I I played it in Vegas. There's the pinball hall, uh, pinball museum, and they have the game there, and it's great. If you ever get a chance to look that up in Vegas, go to pin, the pinball museum. It's this little nondescript place, and it's got um, the Star Wars game there, and it's so 
bad, obviously, the, the look of it, but I remember as a kid feeling like, tension, i got to take down this Death Star. Oh, yeah. So I'm in it. So even though the games have gotten bigger and better, I still go back to those moments. TIE Fighter playing that on the PC, too. You had some missions, and I remember losing one day, like 10 hours on a summer day uh, in 94. Like, um, it just like started in the morning, and then next thing you know, my dad's home from work, and I'm like, I'm still playing. And I, play <laughs> dinner, and I yeah. felt I was in it. But those moments, it'd be like as a little kid or as a young adult going, yeah. I can take down this Anna Walker. Yeah. yeah. I can, because I'm Dash Rendar. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've played a ton. I've played a, a Star Wars Monopoly. I, I do play a little bit of board games, but I haven't had time for Star Wars uh, or any board games, rather. Uh, but video games, oh, I've played so many. And like, I played a lot of the ones that came out for the original Nintendo console, which are just goony. Like, the characters have huge bulbous heads. And it's just like, but I still was like, it's Star Wars. I'll play and I'll play and I'll play. But my big moment was getting the Rogue Leader game for the not the 64 but the GameCube yeah 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 that was I was talking earlier about the relationship that I had before I was married and I was in that time Mm -hmm. Uh, my partner had a a family member visiting our apartment that I was supposed to entertain and I was like cool I'm just going to play this one level of Mm -hmm. Rogue Leader and then I will entertain right. uh, your your relative while you're gone. And I played whatever level it was before the Endor level. And mm-hmm. I unlocked the Endor level for the first time where you're playing the <laughs> Battle of Endor. <sighs> and Akbar is giving you commands. Yeah. And there are TIE fighters and TIE interceptors everywhere. You have to be careful the way you turn around so you don't blow up by running into a TIE fighter because there are so many. And so I was like... I know this is wrong, oh, no. but I am staying in this room. <laughs> I, I I couldn't stop. It was it was bad. I, I why didn't you just pause it? I used to do, remember that. Like we just pause the game for hours, and I go to dinner, and then come back. Well, because I was just being. It was so like I never thought I would be this inside it, oh. and I was just being a bad person and <laughs> a, a good Star Wars fan. I was being a scoundrel. Yeah, I, I did pause it for a second. I was like, I'm just gonna play for a little while longer, and the relative was like. Okay. Like, oh. <laughs> I, I couldn't stop. It was just so powerful. I yeah. couldn't stop. Uh, yeah, so that's a great question, Stefan. Uh, very quickly, I, I know people who work at Fantasy Flight Games. I once, many years ago, worked mm-hmm. in the warehouse at Fantasy Flight Games awesome. long so. before they had the license. But I have often thought I can probably get a game uh, from from my pals, and we should make so- time sometime, guys, to, yeah. to play the this oh, be great. Star Wars Miniatures X-Wing, X-Wing game, and then we can do an episode on it. I love it. Oh, that'd be, be great. awesome. Our final question is a nice, deep, thoughtful one, also from Facebook, from Matthew Purdy, who says, has making Star Wars part of your job taking some of the joy out of being a fan away for you guys? Ken's making a face. Ken's making a face. It's a nice, like we do here on Force Center, it's a nice, deep, complicated question. It is, and Mm. I'll I'll, I'll go first here, but yeah, no, overall, Matthew, no. No, I still still look forward to doing it. Now, you know, Force Center is growing, and we hope it goes somewhere, and I hope we go somewhere bigger, and yep, we'd like to make money off of what our love and passions are so that's a, a, a truth um, but I love doing it and, I, and I'm fortunate enough to work with two wonderful people but you know we all know we're, we're squeezing it in right now yeah this is this is a day six of my work day essentially it's a fun one that I would glad I have and at 14 I would have killed for this <laughs> but you know it is it's Saturday it's two o'clock I gotta go to Joseph's house gotta pack up my gear and, and, and that is that is work in its own way yeah um, I'll go to the example of, well what's going on with Star Wars books? And the, the, 
comics are a little different because you can read those in minutes. But the books, I mean, we joke with Jennifer, you've got a full life and you got to raise a kid and you don't have time to read all the books. Mm-hmm. I have maybe more time to read them, so I'm reading them. But there, I'm a, I'm a big reader. And so I have a Nick Hornby book that has sat on my shelf for two years. It's his latest book. Now it's two years old. I haven't read it. I have other books I want to read, but I feel as though I have to read the next Star Wars book. Right. And Rogue One, the novelization, was an example of where I literally was like, I don't want to. But I'm going to. And then I was rewarded with a great experience because I loved that book. Right. Um, but that that has become work. And then my final thought, I'll let you guys go. But mm-hmm. I give the example of, of Game of Thrones. I love that show and I love that world and I love A Song of Ice and Fire. And I know it and I study it in my free time. I watch YouTube videos about it and I have maps. And I have, could probably tell you more about Westeros history right now <laughs> than American history. And I'm a big American history buff. I read a lot of books about it. Um, but um, when I hosted the show Watching Thrones for, for Screen Junkies, it was a Monday, 1 o'clock taping. So Sunday night, I'd sit down to watch Game of Thrones, 6 o'clock East Coast feed. I would have to watch it four times. Wow. Make notes. Get those notes to a producer or a post-production producer at 1 a.m. when I'd be up to. Um, then wake up about 7, 7.30, make sure that the person pulling the clips from the episode was there, and then I'd go to work and happy to have this job. There's more things to complain about. I understand that, but by the time 1 o'clock would hit, we'd do the live show. It was Michelle Boyd and I and Spencer Gilbert and Trisha Hirschberger. It was great. And it was fun. It was, by the time the show was over, about 2.15, I was done with Game of Thrones. Yeah. I didn't want to think about it. And then by the fifth or sixth episode of last season, it literally was like, oh, ah, I got work tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And work is four hours of Game of Thrones analyzation. <laughs> so there's a part of that. That is weird to, I, I say it so carefully about complaining about it, because it's an industry that didn't exist. Joseph and I talk all the time off, 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 off radio, off mics, um, that, uh, you know, they, we didn't, these five-year media discussion is this new thing. <laughs> it's strange. How awesome. But the, the Last Jedi is an example of, I just didn't want to, the title is what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't want to get into it anymore too much. Um, so, yes, there's a little bit of a strain, but Matthew, the joy, well, always be there because it's Star Wars. Yeah. Joseph? Yeah, uh, I think using a a Star Wars analogy, uh, it has not made me stop liking Star Wars, but I am aware of the dark side. Yeah. And I must be mindful uh, to avoid certain things mm-hmm. so that Star Wars doesn't become negative for me. Um, right. And I think uh, all, all of us put uh, real time into this. And anything, anytime yeah. that you're committing time, it can become you can become resentful of it Good because way. I have choices like, you know, uh, I do too many, I do more things than I should. Yeah. Uh, so like this morning I had a choice between do I do work for, do I finish a stand up uh, set that I need to work on mm-hmm. or do I do extra level of uh, detail on some of the notes and things that I want to talk about for our recording today? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so you're, you're always making those choices. So you never want to become mm-hmm. resentful of yeah. any of those choices. The other, the the only thing that I think ever sometimes I start to verge into the dark side mm-hmm. is getting overly obsessive for myself about uh, feeling that I must know everything about Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Yes. At this point, it is incredibly difficult to know everything about Star Wars. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. we, for not being a news podcast, I think we mm-hmm. do a pretty good job of being on top of everything. Yeah. Uh, but it can it can start to feel like the price for being a quote-unquote true fan 
is knowing just an insane amount yeah. about everything you like. Mm-hmm. And I'm lucky that for Star Wars, one of the things I've always liked is knowing the name of a blaster or mm-hmm. knowing an alien species. But I'm also wary of, like, I don't ever want to become that, like, mm-hmm. hey, if I briefly forget that, uh, right. you know, Sabala is a Doug. Yeah. I'm still a Star Wars fan. Right. And if, you know, if people, you know, correct me, hey, that happens, whatever. Yeah. So watching out for that. I think also uh, your Game of Thrones thing makes me think of making time to like other things, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love Star Wars, and I love that it has be, been able to become such a huge part of my life. But I still like comic books and Doctor yeah. Who and Twin Peaks and a million other things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I won't have, I don't have time to do podcasts <laughs> and comedy mm-hmm. albums about mm-hmm. everything I like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm always very aware that I made Star Wars a choice. Yeah. And I am happy to have made that a choice. Yeah. I think that it's about time for me when I, after I had my daughter, it was like, I have two hours basically. Mm-hmm. And then when she goes to sleep at night, I have a choice. Do I want to read a Star Wars book? Do I want to keep up on the, you know, the latest, whatever it is in Star Wars, or do I want to just relax and watch the OA or Mm -hmm. watch Black Mirror, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's like, I don't want to ever feel pressured. I want it to be fun. I want it to be something that I enjoy. So that's kind of why sometimes I I won't keep up on it Mm -hmm. because then I, then I do go to it and I'm like, Oh, I really want to, I want to finish bloodline. Mm -hmm. And it's more of a natural thing. Whereas like I recognize like there's so much breaking news and there's a sense when you're in this world that we need to comment and I need to be doing a video. (laughs) I need to break down. What does this title? mean blah 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 you know yeah, and yeah. it's like I can't and I have yeah. to accept that and it's yeah. hard for me because I used to know so much and now my mommy brain I'm forgetting things all the time right. and there's a part of me where it's like oh I, I just, I just want to be in the game like that but yeah. I'm like no I can't I love Star Wars with yeah. all my heart but I mean it's like, there could be a point uh, I mentioned earlier I'm a Beatles fan when I say I'm a Beatles fan I'm one of those guys that like in, in high school I could tell you every day of their career from 60 to 69 <laughs> Actually, and beyond, I could tell you what they did on that day. How they, I, would, I was a beetle nut. I couldn't tell you the running order of Sergeant Pepper's right now. Um, <laughs> yeah. I was a little bit of that with baseball. I'm a sports guy, so I, I could tell I could tell you every World Series winner from 1903 to 1995 with pretty much 99 percent accuracy. I don't anymore. But then I got to this point where I was like, but you know what? I do like baseball. Mm. You know, yeah. it's okay. It's and okay. out there listening, there's different degrees that you like. And, and it might sound weird. I feel always oddly guilty, but this is a business. Sports is a good example. Sports blew up to the point in the late 70s with the advent of ESPN that it became this business. And now there was people whose whole careers was talking about sports, which is a, a weird thing in its own way. But now that's what's going on with geek culture, and it makes good money. We're not in it for money. We're in it because, wow, this is a career path we didn't think in 1986 I could have yeah. ever. Never dreamed of this. So I'm excited. But it still does become work, and that's that. Maybe is what you're hearing in our voices this yeah, time too. Right, yeah, exactly. maybe a good way to say it too is I think for better or worse, personal branding has just become a reality. Like mm-hmm. what you project, mm-hmm. then people project back at you. Yeah. And I am thrilled more than I ever could be that there are people in the world who think my name and then think Star Wars the next thing. Yep, mm-hmm. it's a it's great, beautiful thing to be able to be that close to something that I love and that mm-hmm. has given me that much. But again, then there's that dark side. Yeah. Like, well, I'm a Star Wars guy, but like, I'm honestly nervous about Twin Peaks coming out because mm-hmm. I love it so much, and I feel like yeah. I should do some things to prove it. <laughs> ah, that's that's a, yes. such a great way of putting yeah. it. There is this sense to prove it, and then there's part of me as getting older. I'm like the young, you know, the youngins. They're going to be able to keep up with it more because they have a lot more time, you right. know. And that's yeah. kind of a thing that that you do yeah. when you're younger. But now yeah. I accept my fate. Yeah. 
Yep, you, you both do it well. It is it is an honor to talk Star Wars with you guys every week. We do it because we love it. Yeah. And Matthew Purdy, that is a great question. It's a deep question. Obviously, we have a lot of thoughts on it. We yeah. can do a whole hour on the stresses of talking Star Wars. Yeah. But it, it, at the end of the day, what gets me up and saying, oh, today I got to go to Joseph's is what fun I get to go to Joseph's yeah. and talk Star Wars. So I think Likewise. ultimately when Matthew's base question was, has it taken some of the joy out of being a fan? Mm-hmm. So I think we said in very, very long-winded ways, no, no. <laughs> yeah. we still have the joy. Mm-hmm. We just have some other concerns as well. Yeah. But the joy is still there. And, and, and maybe that's a way of us saying, too, if you if you write us, like I said all the time, I read all your messages, I'll yep. go through them. I don't immediately get right back to them because I don't, I don't have a take on that theory you've asked, and I'm glad you asked it, but I haven't thought about it yet. Yeah. Um, just I uh, hope you all can enjoy the ride. And, and I love that we have varying degrees and levels of Star Wars fans, a different type of Star Wars fans. We might have uh, parents raising young kids. We might have a 14-year-old Discovery. We might have a 60-year-old who was like, I was there and saw it. I love yeah. that we have that here for Center and in the Star Wars community at large. Mm-hmm. Guys, we did it. 50 episodes of Force Center here on the Force Center podcast feed. We talked love. We talked Valentine's Day. We talked marriage. We tried to set up Ray with someone. We'll see. (laughs) Um, And we answered some great questions. Uh, As always, I want to thank you, Joseph, for joining us uh, and and making this uh, channel reality with me back in the day when I was like, hey, I still want to talk some Star Wars, even though I'm not on Jedi Alliance. And uh, you've been a great co-pilot along the way. Yeah, it has been an absolute thrill to do it. And I can't wait to do uh, 50 more episodes. And then fifty more episodes, and and so on and so forth more, down the line. More, yeah, more. more. Great to do voices with you on the other show. <laughs> Where can they follow you and uh, uh, tweet your Star Wars questions? Yeah, you guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram and anything else you find with the name Joseph Scrimshaw because it's probably me. I'm <laughs> one of the only Joseph Scrimshaws in the world. Uh, so follow me at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can find out about all of my shows and stuff on my website at josephscrimshaw.com. This coming weekend, in particular, speaking of liking other things, I will be a guest at Gallifrey One, which is a big Doctor Who convention. I pitched them a panel where I compared Doctor Who and Star Wars, but they turned it down. Uh So I'll mostly uh, be talking about Doctor Who, so come find me there. Mm. Jennifer, you joined this fray after I I reached out to you blindly and said, come on down to Jedi Alliance, and you showed up and you were were ready to give birth to a Padawan. Yeah, with your... First time I met you, you were... were, Full of baby. You were full of baby, and you brought us beer. Oh, yes, <laughs> you brought us our That's No Moon uh, beer. Oh, yeah. That's a knockoff of a blue moon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, um, and, and, and cupcakes, I remember you brought that as well. Yes, but um, yeah. yeah, and uh, you know, you are, you are a co pilot here as well, and you bring one of the best insightful shows around Jedi Beat, and we could not do this without you. So thank you for joining for, oh, for 50 you. episodes, and, and some of them you've had to miss because, uh, because of life and baby, but yeah. uh, that is what we, we love. You represent. Uh, a perspective that Joseph and I don't have in the Star Wars universe and Star Wars needs more mothers mm, and yes. we know that and that is what uh, you are to us oh you, my gosh I'm so touched thank you guys so much for having me letting me join you on this ride you guys are are, are what keep me joyous about Aww, Star Wars no. I mean seriously so and thank you all all of you guys out there who are listening you can find me on all the social media sites at Jennifer Landa if you want to chat Star Wars my YouTube channel youtube.com slash Jennifer Landa Absolutely. We are uh, past 1,500 on Twitter and pushing for more. You can follow us at Force Center Pod. We have that Facebook page. We would love you to like it there. Subscribe, rate on iTunes or on Podomatic and Stitcher. And the Star Wars Podcast Awards are still going, Joseph.
explosive. Yeah. They're still taking those nominees. Yeah, so go in there and find all of the different ways that you can uh, enter us and enter the people that you like from other Star Wars podcasts. Uh, you know, Star Wars is not about, you know, getting awards. It's about joy. <laughs> but still, the first film ends with people getting awards. Absolutely. And we want to be like our heroes. And if you uh, you can go to our Twitter page, our Facebook page for the link or you can go to the website starwarspodcastawards.com or follow them on Twitter at SWPodcastAwards and uh, you know it's nice to get your name uh, thrown up in lights every day. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So that is it. Until next time this has been Force Center. May you go find your true Star Wars partner. Bye.